we are lift off. Wait, lift. no, that's the other podcast. Dave, hi. <laughs> hi. Yeah. How are you doing, Daniel? How's stuff going? I'm good. It's fantastic to see you. Um, I think I'm finally done with my server stuff, but I'm a yeah. tiny bit fed up with talking about it. And I think our listeners are too. So I don't want to tell you anymore, except I think I've now cleaned all my data and I think I've now squared everything away and I've learned so much. So server is running again. Very nice. Brilliant. Brilliant. All's well. That ends well. And no more thorns you, in your side. How about me? Uh, I'm still shaving that yak that we spoke about last week, Daniel. That's <laughs> still happening. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was yeah. the yak of uh, what exactly? Uh, that was the yak of um, yeah. Let's let's think about this. That was the yak of gutting my app's code base to remove the router design pattern. Yeah. Um, and ultimately will be the Yakov then gluing everything back together with my new video pipeline that I've built the other month and um, also gluing in, gluing in my Lego blocks, the Swift packages that I like I've built that. for things like a selling like menu that. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's on its make way. That, make that Yak nice and smooth. Like a, nice and smooth, clean shaven. Like a kid's um, butt, as the Germans somehow say. Yeah, there's yeah, baby's bum, I think, in English. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hey, phrase. welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about the majestic indie developer lifestyle. Join our scintillating hosts, Dave and Daniel, and let's hear about a tiny slice of their thrilling lives. Join us while waiting for review. All right. I have a topic that I brought to the show this time. Uh, yep. I, I, I researched and prepared and... I want to talk about uh, Apple's DMA changes to the European App Store that are coming okay. in March this year. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And of course, well, that doesn't apply that. to everyone, but a few of the changes do. And even the, the ones that don't, I feel like there's things are moving. Um, mm -hmm. Like like things are kind of in flux regarding like apps, the, how Apple manages the App Store, and I feel like there might even come more more legislation might come in the U.S. or other other um, countries, and so yeah. uh, I, if I feel like it's it's good practice to see like what Apple is doing here and how it affects at least European um, de developers, and also like how um, it might change the the landscape if it if it does at all. And so I got myself a, like a few notes and I'm going to tell you all about like what is changing. And I want you to be like, to just like butt in with any thoughts that you have okay. on whether that's good, that. whether that's bad. Uh, how does yep. it apply to you? Stuff like that. All right. Well, this is going to border along the lines of um, a Dave reacts video, I guess, <laughs> for people watching on YouTube. Because I've largely stayed out the way of reviewing all the DMA stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave reacts. So uh, we'll we'll yeah. see. I'll I'll try and um, I've got zero poker face, so you'll get an honest reaction <laughs> from me. <laughs> I want you to, be but like, also just like silently pointing at an invisible screenshot above your head, TikTok style. Yeah. <laughs> Good for thing I already took a screenshot in, for the YouTube uh, for the YouTube thumbnail already. 
for those of you listening in via traditional podcast media rather than video, um, yeah, I was pulling faces then as Daniel was talking. So <laughs> check out the YouTube channel. <laughs> you can see me pulling faces. But uh, Daniel, with all of this, I think just to preface before you get into it, like my understanding of all of this is pretty shallow because I've looked mm -hmm. and sort of gone, well, I'm never going to really be that bothered about putting something in a separate app store well, I don't do this or don't do that. Like I don't, it doesn't affect me. So I've kind of just sort of gone, eh, Apple's going to do what they're going to do. But you're right in saying it's going to set the scene for sort of future developments and changes as well. I think that's, that's probably quite true. Um, and I think having even just a, a bit more knowledge is probably going to be useful for me than otherwise. So hit me, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So DMA is the Digital Markets Act. That's a new law in this inside the European Union that is passed and that takes uh, that goes into effect uh, March 6, I believe. Um, and one of the concepts that this new law introduces is the concept of the core platform services. And that are services that the European Commission has decided require regulation because they're important to the the digital economy and concentrated in the hands of a handful of gatekeepers. And Apple has been designated yep. uh, one of those gatekeepers. And um, the European Commission has now created a list of core platform services into which three of Apple's products like are actually falling. So um, in the operating systems category, we have iOS. And that is just iOS. There's not Mac OS. That's not iPad OS. That's not Vision OS. Okay. That's um, watch OS, nothing. Like just iOS because like the mm -hmm. market share, I assume. Um, then in the browser category, there is, uh, there is Safari. Yes. Uh, so Safari is a core platform service in the browser category. And then in the intermediation category, we have the Apple App Store. Uh, I am a bit unclear w whether like whether this means the complete App Store or the just the iOS App Store. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like that what I found kind of talks about like I'm I'll like yeah, I'll I'll write it in the show notes if I if I find something after the show. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. and so uh, now recently Apple has announced a few changes. I'll put links to those in the show notes, like to the news um, to the news post on Apple's websites and stuff like that. And these changes are kind of like worded in the exact same way as when Apple announces a new feature or announces the new iOS and it has this amazing new feature. But mm -hmm. most of these changes are just to exactly comply with the DMA. And so most of these changes are also only applicable if you are in the European Union. However, okay. a few things are actually uh, applicable worldwide. Um, these are not huge, but first uh, change that is like worldwide, just a change with iOS 17 applies to everyone who listens to this and has an iPhone or other Apple device. Game streaming apps are not now allowed. Like previously, um, Apple would say, like for example, with Microsoft Game Pass, or if you have Shadow or NVIDIA um, GeForce Now, Apple would mm -hmm. say like, okay, you cannot uh, have one app and then that app like emulates or streams in multiple other apps because um, App Review couldn't test all of those. So you you'd need to like make all the different apps or games in that case available separately as um, app store apps and then, then app review can test them. And so of course that's not yes. happening. And so like, so game streaming apps these days usually run in your browser. Well, yes. now game streaming apps are allowed. So like Microsoft Game Pass and all the others can now 
be regular app store apps, which is kind of cool. Like, I don't think there's any yeah. downside to this. It's, it's an interesting play. I've got a couple of ideas as to why Apple might have, have done that. Um, um, I think money. Number, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's, what's your number? One? Well, my take on it is that there's there's a bit of like, um, if, you know, if Epic Epic were to come at them in this scenario, there's an answer there of saying, well, why don't you just run a streaming service? Right, we're not blocking you. Yeah. You, you go for it. Go do what you want to do. And so I think there may be an angle in that. Also, I think there may be an angle in um, supporting the Vision Pro and that side of things as well. Oh, that would be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. If you think about the fact of the Vision Pro being this sort of big screen environment is one of its key selling points, Mm -hmm. the idea of being able to big screen in your games into that headset and actually play at a reasonable you know, level of latency. Yeah, just connect your your controller via Bluetooth or something and then, yeah, that would be nice. Yep. So I can see a bit of that going on. I think that's probably some of the motivations there. All right. In the same vein, but this might interest you, is the concept of mini apps. Mini apps are now allowed. So what are mini apps? Mini apps are, I think, like if I read this correctly and I I double check with Mac stories and they basically say the same thing, um, plugins basically. So if you have, for example, a sound editing app, you can now um, offer any like plugins and other functionality using um, like in-app purchase, for example. And that content can apparently like just like also pull stuff from the internet or from somewhere. Like it doesn't have to be all in like all unlocked, unlockable uh, from the get-go. So like technically that's kind of the same as as video streaming. But I thought about you when I um, read this because I don't know, GoVJ Pro might... um, might have some kinds of plugins at some point in the future, you know? Yes. Yes. That's curious. There could be something in that for me, that side of stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, Other small change is you no longer have to, like you're no no longer forced to offer sign-in with Apple. So there was a set of rules before that said, if you, if you have, if you have a certain um, list of, uh, easy sign-in providers for your service. Like, for example, if you have, I don't know, any like open auth stuff um, where you can just one-click login, like login with Twitter, login with GitHub, then you also mm-hmm. have to offer login with Apple. Um, they've, they've removed that worldwide. That's not lo- no longer a requirement. Where So now you can also, if you have, so the rule has changed to where if you have such a situation, you can also offer, you are forced to offer either login with Apple or a comparable third party that is like highly trusted and privacy wise, like good. Okay. And my English is very nice. (laughs) (laughs) So if I, if I read that correctly, that means that um, I can offer signing with Twitter, GitHub, your Facebook, all of those sort of big, big ones, but I can't issue Apple ID just to, sign in with my small service that only supports my app. Is that right? Yeah. So in that in that circumstance, like it's yeah, offer it through one of the big boys or offer it through Apple ID and whatever small scale login you've got. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Yeah. Um and then something that kinda is important to me, 
um, or that actually the reason why I, that what made me start going into this uh, more more deeply is that Apple is now offering a new analytics and reports in App Store Connect. Uh, what are reports? Right. Reports are basically a page of information about, for example, downloads, App Store page views, mm -hmm. um, and framework usage. Um, there are not a huge amount of detail yet, but they have a separate news item for that. Hang on, let me just open this. Um, engagement with additional information on the number of users in the App Store interacting with the developer's app or sharing it with others. Commerce with additional information on downloads, sales, proceeds, pre-orders, and transactions. App usage with additional information on crashes, active devices, installs, app deletions, and more. Framework usage um, and additional information will be shared with developers in March. And of course, my ears are perking huh. up when I hear this because I don't want to be Sherlocked with the telemetry deck offering yes. um, analytics. But this seems very complementary to what telemetry deck is offering. And here's the kicker. Okay. They will offer third-party API access to that information. So that means, in theory, I'll have to check it out like in detail. They haven't really detailed like how the API will look like, but they explicitly mm -hmm. say that here, developers will have the ability to grant third-party access to their reports conveniently through the API. Um, and basically what that means is, I think that I could, in theory, offer... Um, like a connection between telemetry deck and the app store, um, this, this app store API, and then sh show the telemetry deck data next to that app store data, which is really cool because yeah. like that data, only Apple can really gather that data. And so if we could, if we, if we combine that with the data, with the data that kind of only telemetry deck can, can gather, we have more data and that's, that's actually pretty yeah. nice. So um yeah I I want to I want to explore that further but so far no like the the um, the APIs haven't really been described more than like these uh, like a few sentences and there's yeah. also a few quotes that um John Forhees and Federico Vitici kind of got out of Apple about those uh but yeah I'm I'm actually pretty excited to see what those are going to bring in the future Wondering out loud did you see along the way any type of user ID or anything that might let you tie stuff from the Apple side to telemetry deck side, or is it just going to be blunt counts grouped at a certain level that come through to you? Like yeah. no information available. I think okay. I would probably have to try to not have a connection here because um, yep. data, data privacy laws and stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, but let's, let's just see how it goes. Basically you'll still be able to show correlations and that might be useful. Yeah, totally. All right. So those are all worldwide changes. So they apply to everyone. Um, then they have various changes that only apply to the European use, uh, Union. And they will basically, they didn't say like how they will enforce members of the European Union, but they said it's not just how you set your app store. So it's like um, they said something like if you are European and then take a quick visit to the US, for example, you will not lose your apps. But if you ex have an extended stay in the United States, then you will actually lose your apps through other marketplaces. Um, How are they going to police I that? assume, I don't know, like they didn't say, 
I I assume mm-hmm. it's like okay, how what like your the, the your origin is set to a specific oh, your app store is set to a specific country, so that's the that's mm-hmm. of course the first thing. But of, I, I assume yes. they will also try to um, correlate that with either GPS data or like like IP address location something like that. That sounds not good, but I okay, mean basically every every video stream provider does these things. And they are pretty good even at detecting VPNs and stuff like that. So it might just be like something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it just seems a weird thing to be policing, but okay. Yeah, because but... they want they don't want the, the 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 Americans to have the sweet, sweet European Union features that we give, get. Um sweet, sweet European <laughs> Union features such as other browser engines. So Yeah, that's um, that's cool. So in theory, other browser engines are now allowed. They still need um, entitlements, and so not. And, and they say they're going to be pretty stringent when uh, giving out those entitlements. So it's not not just like, um, you know, oh yeah, like <laughs> you're just like saying, oh, I, I made a browser engine, and then everything can can do it. But like they still say they are going to test the privacy standards and stuff on these things, um, okay. and. Other browser engines, also other browsers. So the first time you open Safari on the new iOS 17.4, they will sh- ask you whether you want to keep Safari or have a list of 13 um, most popular browsers from your area or, uh, mm-hmm. sorted randomly um, to switch to. Um, okay. They also so are opening up. Sorry. Yeah. Apple's going to advertise hot browsers in your area. Yeah. <laughs> Ripe browsers. <laughs> damn, damn. They use something else, man. Keep going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are, or they seem to be opening up the NFC chip in some kind of API-ish way. So um, there's only a tiny bit of information here, but... Uh, they say they are allowing alternate alternate NFC payment methods and wallet apps next to Apple Wallet and Apple Pay. So um, hmm. uh, contactless, contactless payments through your, I don't know, Sparkasse app or whatever. <laughs> um, and they are also allowing in the App Store. So if your app is just regularly in the App Store, you can now use an alternate payment processor other than the App Store. So... What what the thing that Epic wanted all along, um, yes. But there's also a, another thing that is alternate app stores, or they call it alternative alternative app marketplaces. Um, so on iOS, and that's on iOS only, and only in the European Union, you can now install an app, and that app is a marketplace. Um, hmm. And so you open that, and then you can browse. Um, you can browse for apps and say, oh, I want this app then you might have to pay through some form or whatever, but not through Apple. Um, yeah. And then you will be kicked out through a web page. The web page will open a, 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 how do we call that? A sheet. Yeah. They will, we will mm-hmm. display a sheet with information about the app and then you can say install this app or not. So the <laughs> marketplace is um, tasked with hosting and distributing, distributing the app. Um. The apps must be notarized by Apple, same as like on, a, on the Mac, for example. You still must um, get a notarization cert- certificate, and they do that so they can like kill malware and stuff like that. Um, the it's the app marketplaces 
um, task to ensure that the app is not breaking the law yeah. and is adhering to all like all the guidelines that you would kind of expect. Um, and users can set any of the marketplaces as their default storefront so that huh. like if you like everywhere do you say like, Hey, let's open the app store. You can just by default open the other marketplace. And one other thing, and that's pretty interesting, actually, these marketplaces, they cannot, um, they need to be open to third parties. So that means if you are a Nintendo, you cannot make the Nintendo App Store because, and then off, then only offer Nintendo uh, games. What you can do oh. is like open a games App Store, but they, the App Stores, they need to publish a set of terms and conditions and then accept any app that um, that falls under these terms and conditions. That's interesting. Which, so if you get okay. if you get barred from <laughs> if you get barred from uh, Daniel's uh, app marketplace uh, to put your app in there, that means that that developer has got a recourse through Apple to say, "Hey, these guys are with these terms and conditions. They're not upholding them. This has been my situation." And that could then, I guess, call that license from Apple to operate the marketplace to be yeah, removed. something like that. Like, of course, as mm. as always, as with like these are not laws, but with any kind of legislation like things, yep. you'll have to litigate to really know what they mean. Um, so let's see. But for example, what could be happening is that um, someone, someone like I don't know, like Telemetry Deck or Revenue Cat or some one of those like indie like like companies that are mm -hmm. close to the indie de indie devs opens an indie dev app market that only allows apps from developers that are smaller than X or whatever. Um, hmm. um, no plans on my side, by the way, but like. Um, <laughs> But like, not not everything has to be uh, the evil juggernaut. Like Facebook is opening their open marketplace and, yeah. and uh, Spotify or whatever. Um, all right, uh, not everyone can open a marketplace. Um, yes, yeah, I was going to ask you, about that. So I think there's some. I have a quote hey. here because like that's actually very interesting. Operating an alternative app marketplace requires significant responsibility and oversight of the user experience, including content rules and moderation processes, anti-fraud measures to prevent scams, transparent data collection policies, and the ability to manage payment disputes and refunds. Among the other limitations, only businesses organized or registered in the EU can operate an app marketplace and they must provide mm -hmm. a letter of credit in the amount of 1 million euros from an A-rated or equivalent financial institution. 1 um, million euros. <laughs> 1 million euros. <laughs> <laughs> um, so remember that um, good morning quote that I posted on this telemetry deck um, account the other day. Like every morning I post a, I post a good morning message. A few mm -hmm. days ago, I posted, good morning to all app developers who will provide Apple a standby letter of credit from an A-rated or equivalent by S&P Fitch or Moody's financial institutions of 1 million euros to establish adequate financial means in order to guarantee support for your developers and users. Um, yeah, that's where the quote Damn. comes from. <laughs> I mean, okay, I get it. Um, that's, that is interesting, though. That's a bar of entry that will block a lot of people. Um, yeah. at the indie level out, at least from from starting, you know, Joe Bob's app store. 
But I mean, it does make sense because you want to be able to like you want like if the if the map marketplace starts and then goes bankrupt like three months later, um, that kind of helps nobody, and then everybody's just yeah. angry at Apple. So I I kind of uh, get that. And I just the other want to side, say, like if yeah? if if only if only Twitter could be held to those sort of standards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the idea of like. Um, you know, disputes and I guess um, safety and that sort of thing is sort of being legislated by Apple here. Uh, it should be legislated on social media apps as well, to some degree, by Apple, like policed at least. Fully, fully agree. Um, yeah. But All right, but moving I have one more. On. I have one more thing. I think actually. Um, hang on. So, uh, yeah, this is about the new business terms. So we have the alternative markets we have the different payment processors and we have the um, you know the the different um work point changes and apple is basically coming to every single developer uh, in the european union and offering them a deal they say like on the one hand you can just like everything stays exactly the same way um you can yep. just like like just keep the existing business terms stay in the app store nothing changes everything is good or you can you can request to switch to the new business terms, and the new business terms. Once you switch to them, you kind of cannot switch back, as far as I can <laughs> tell. Yeah, um, and the entire fee structure changes. Like, what fees are you paying to Apple? So the fees will now be split up. First of all, you pay uh, for payment processing. So if you don't supply your own payment processor, you pay three percent of each transaction to Apple for payment processing. Okay. Fine. Like, which is pretty free. Um, yeah. Then you have Apple's commission, like the, you know, like how you pay 30% to Apple for each in the old terms. Uh, yeah. And, and if you are making under a million euros per uh, per year, you pay 15% to Apple right now, right? Yep. Um, these numbers change. If you switch to the new terms, you are now the lower bound is now ten percent, and the upper bound is now seventeen percent. Okay, yeah, that makes so you sense. pay you pay less Apple commission because everything is split up, and that is just Apple's commission. That is how much they think is just it's worth to be in the App Store. But there's more because being in the App Store is even worth even more because you have in addition to that you have to pay a core technology fee. The core technology fee. Uh, applies to all apps, free or paid, in all app stores, regardless of your if you're in the Apple App Store or in any other app store. So mm -hmm. if you are in a secondary marketplace, in an alternative marketplace, you don't have to pay Apple's commission, but you do have to pay the core technology fee, and that is um, fifty cents per first annual app install over one million installations. So. Oof. Okay. Ignore the one, one million installations first, uh, first, like for a, for a second. Basically, every one of your apps um, has users. And if a user installs your app in a given year, you have to pay for that installation. You have to pay 50 euro cent to Apple. Uh, if they keep it for over, a year. After your millionth one of those. After, right? Yeah. And the, the first million is free. But then after that, uh, you pay per install, basically, which is very very close to what unity is doing these days actually also um right uh which is like what the, the like the unity game engine is also going to like 
pivoting to a model where they want to pay want, want their customers to pay by install. Um, yeah, hmm. and so that sounds like not not much. Like what is fifty cent? But like <laughs> your app better not be that's free. That's so quick. Yeah, that's um, so quick. Yeah. Apple says like they have a huge infographic and that basically says 99% of, of developers uh, will have a better deal under the new rules, but 1% mm -hmm. will have a worse deal. I don't really believe that. No. Um, um, I also like in my notes, it also says possible motive question mark. So in my mm -hmm. opinion, and this is just my opinion, um, Apple wants free apps, especially to stay in the regular Apple app store. They don't have yes. the, because they don't have the, the, um, in, like they don't need to go anywhere because they're not paying money to Apple anyways. And with, with the, the free apps in the Apple app store, Apple has more apps in the app store, which is what they want. Of course, but yes. also they can police them more closely. They can more closely check them for privacy violations and scams and, and whatever, mm -hmm. um, which is not get that. Like, okay. especially free apps, like they are kind of the ones that will like then gather your data and sell it to the highest bidder or like be plastered with yes. um, ads or whatever. So yeah. I think it makes business sense for Apple to make sure that as many free apps as possible are um, in the app store with its stricter rules. Okay. And so, yeah, that's uh, the whirlwind tour of <laughs> uh, the DMA changes that the are DMA. coming to iOS uh, 17.4. That's very interesting to me. Like, because I look at this and I'm sort of see, well, this may well be how it runs for the whole world eventually, mm -hmm. depending on what other legislation goes through. I've, I've listened to a couple of other other podcasts um, because, yes, I do listen to other people's podcasts and don't just <gasps> record my own. I know. <laughs> Shocking. Um, but I've, I've heard a couple of other takes sort of saying that if the U.S.'s legislation gets anywhere close to Europe's, then that will just set the tone for the entire app store worldwide mm -hmm. to some degree, probably worldwide excluding China. That's a, as yeah. we had a guess because China's already got special rules for certain types of rules. But um, yeah, and and so I look at I look at what you're describing, and it is potentially a preview for where things could go over the next year or two mm. worldwide. So although it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't really affect me right now. I'll stay in the App Store. I'll keep um, start, you know selling my apps that way in Europe uh, because there's really not a lot of benefit for me in terms of putting in the effort to do otherwise um but it's good to get a view of it in case we do sort of go there worldwide yeah, i and mean then the yeah that might shift i mean as before like apple has had to grant a few exceptions to this um to their app store policies like for example the dating apps in the netherlands i don't know if you know that story mm -hmm. um yeah but basically there's a weird law in the netherlands that makes apple have like like have to grant an exception to a specific, a specifically dating apps so that they can provide their own payment processor. And so what hmm. they did in that case, and also in other cases is they have, they make the dating apps um, apply for a specific entitlement. And then once they have that, they have to call a specific API. And then in the, that specific API, Apple will show, throw up a huge sheet that warns you about the dangers of going into the open internet and saying that they cannot guarantee that they will not be scammed <laughs> and basically giving them yes. like a huge amount of scariness, which yes. 
shows just how petty Apple is. Apple is here, in my opinion. Yes. And yeah. I was 100% expecting only malicious compliance here. Like before that came Same. out, like before all those, these changes came out, I was like, okay, Apple's going to be petty AF and just going to yep. be like, okay, we're we going to, we're going to do everything in our power to stay exactly where, um, like do exactly what the law tells us to, but in a way that is completely useless to everyone. Yep. And especially they're going to like, like still ask for the same amount of commission and stuff like that. And I feel like actually they did not do that. Like okay. it is still way better for everyone or for a lot of people, for most, most developers, big and small, probably to stay inside the app store. That's, that's just a given. Yep. But at the same yep. time, um, the alternative app marketplaces do open a few, um, a few um, outlets for app types that have been historically rejected. And I'm not just talking about porn apps. Of course, there will be porn apps. Hmm. Um, Probably, but what I mean yes. is like, you now have as a developer, at least in the EU, you now have more or less the guarantee that somehow you can publish your app when you start working on it, which is something that had to, hadn't happened before. And also, I think that there are viable business models in these new business terms, even if you have to pay the core technology fee and even if you still have to pay Apple a commission of 10% or whatever. Um, yeah. And I feel that that's there's pretty cool. For, there's some interesting opportunities inside of it. For example, a, a unified, um, potentially a unified Apple and Android payment, right? You could you could mm -hmm. have one of these app stores potentially offer an alternative um, Android app store as well, which I think you can just do. I really don't know enough about that side of the world. Um, but I could see, for example, say if, if Revenue Cats were to open their own marketplace and you've got a subscription through there, they may also offer the, the option for that subscription to be use, used and valid on Android mm -hmm. with very, very little friction. Right, that 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 feels like a there's a possibility of somebody bridging the gap um, in those worlds. How useful that is, I don't know. It could be quite useful for things like families with different devices. If there's something there where it's like I pay this one fee and it's available everywhere, that could be could be useful. Uh, if I take a step back though, Daniel, and I think about everything you've said so far, my initial take on all of this was like, yeah, this is a bit of a bad faith move from Apple. Like they could have made this easier. There's <laughs> the scary banner things. Right. And I initially I reacted like you're saying, expecting sort of petty AF. Um, and what you've described doesn't quite seem petty. Yeah. AF. It's just a tiny bit petty. Yes. Tiny slice of their petty lives. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not it's not a complete um, bust in that sense. It sounds like yeah. there's some yeah. opportunities inside of it. I feel like, of course, the usual suspects will have their own app stores. There will be a Google App Store. I'm one I'm one hundred percent sure. I'm reasonably sure there will be a Meta App Store. Yeah, um, yeah, that would figure. Um, and then, of course, like Spotify has been raving against the App Store for close to 10 years now. So I'm, I, I would mm -hmm. be very surprised if they stay in the app store. Um, 
But I mean, most most people will probably stay in the app store. But the, the, the but these will come, and then um, I feel like some podcasters have every time that the topic comes up, they say things like, "Okay, what will happen is uh, one." must need app will switch to their own app store like face the facebook app or whatsapp in the eu because mm -hmm. every european has has a whatsapp account um yeah. and so meta will say like hey to download whatsapp and to download all facebook projects basically you now need to go to the meta app store and the meta app store will um just grab all your data all the nice privacy protections that are not only like codified by apis but also by app review will now be um, just useless because yes. uh, Apple only, only, ch only checks for malware and not. Uh, and, and, and if you just have a, use your weird dark pattern to make people like agree to your um, to your data collection scheme, then it's fine. Uh, and that that might be the case. Mm -hmm. But on the other other side, we still have. Um, we still have the API-based protections. Those are not as good as API plus actually a human a human looking at the things. Mm -hmm. um, but still, I think they are worth something. And I, I think Apple will even try to bolster these. Like with iOS 17.0 back then came a lot of um, changes to APIs, whereas before things were only enforced by app review uh, and But 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 now things are actually enforced by APIs themselves, um, yes. and maybe that was even a preparation of this move. Um, but either way, like your privacy is still like more or less protected, and especially because mm -hmm. other platforms don't have as stringent F, as stringent of reviews as the app as app review. Like Android exists, yep. the Mac exists, and yes. They're generally fine. I mean, you probably like if you have someone in your life who's like not not computer savvy at all, it might be a good idea to to advise them to not go to alternative marketplaces. But if you are a little bit savvy, plus good APIs, good user interfaces of the operating systems, you might you might just be fine, or you will probably be mm -hmm. fine. Let's hope I'm not eating my words in a half a year. Um, yeah, we'll see. We will see how yeah. this plays out. I, so I think it, I it's think it will be... be bad for privacy, but it won't be catastrophic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, like I said, I think there's going to be a bit of a uh, cycle on this as well. Like companies will try and do things. Maybe Apple will then turn around and say, this is actually against our, our T's and C's um, and that we might cut you off here. Um, that could be a thing for sure. Um, it, that that's interesting, and it it feels like Apple's kept just enough control around this all that they can weigh in and protect the consumer if they want to. Um, which is the right which is the right move yeah. in that in that in that situation. I feel like I, I feel like they have they should have yeah. done made that move like a year ago, and just mm -hmm. not fallen like just not like fallen in the situation where they were forced by legislation to do that, and just yes. like loosen the controls enough so that they still have control over the platform um but not uh but enough to make everyone like be content basically and now yeah i mean they have lost some control over their platform definitely mm -hmm. and that is because they were too stubborn to give up control uh like just on on their own terms and now they're giving up yes. control on 
the European Commission's terms. Yeah, um, and I certainly, I certainly read these this update from Apple and all of this stuff. I read it as, uh, yeah, they're complying, but as as little as they can. And it, again, right. it sounds like that's not quite the case. It sounds like there's there's perhaps they've done a little bit more here than just just the basics. Um, but it sounds interesting. Like I, I sort of feel like I really wish this was um, global and that we could start mm-hmm. to see some of the competition it might bring. So I'm trying to give you a bit of a Dave reacts thoughts <laughs> off the top of my head, just because sure. of like, you know, where Please. we started, but, but yeah, seriously, I, I feel like, um, yeah, this, this needs to be uh, global in one way or another, I think, so that everybody's got this sort of access. Now I've seen plenty of hot takes from people in the States who, uh, sorry, American listeners, but it has seen seeing some of the takes that some people in the USA are very much like uh, kind of blown away that they don't get first refusal on some of the, these potential good things, like a sort of a, a bit of astounding, mm. a bit of amazement that the EU could be its own place and have its own rules and that Apple will have to adhere to it. Um, and I've been kind of amused by that because like, yeah, there is a bigger world than just the States. And so it's kind of interesting to see that side of stuff playing out as well. This is like, well, Apple can't just take on the EU and go, no, we're going to do it our, our way. That's what this has proven. It's proven that ultimately the, you know, the, the, the state that the EU is, the um, mix of states even, um, is strong enough still to exert some control in this way and to, to advocate also for what the user is asking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, I expected I expected malicious compliance over USB-C. I expected like a dongle in the box or something. Um, so that was that was definitely a win. Mm-hmm. I but all of that to, to one side, like yeah, I still feel like there's very limited benefit of this to most indies right now. Now that picture might shift, you know, if for example, revenue cats got in amongst it, then I could see, see that being quite, quite good. Um, I could see there being opportunities for indie devs in that regard, but we're going to need some of these alternative marketplaces to actually exist. And people are going to need to, you know, try things out for size. Um, Mm. It's going to be an interesting year in that respect. I feel like, so if this just stays in the EU, it will, I, I feel like it will only be used by very large companies who have just the yes. bandwidth to publish two versions of their app, like one for the rest of the world and then the EU market version that is distributed through a separate marketplace. Um, yes. But for example, if the US Congress or whatever says, oh, look, the Europeans have this nice law and it makes Apple do what we want them to do because I, I feel mm-hmm. like there is pressure in the US too to um, to force Apple in that direction. And if they just like copy paste yep. that law and say like, hey, chat GPT, change a few things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if they basically apply the same or a very, very similar law so that this thing is now in the US too, then it might spread even further. And that at the latest will then like the combination of other browser engines and um, you don't have to do app review anymore will just lead to 
a lot of like electron based apps, but for your phone, <laughs> which is going to yeah, be horrible. Potentially. Yeah, um, that'll be horrible. At the same time, uh, I think um, it won't be that bad because, or I hope mm -hmm. it won't be that bad because, um, like, uh, iPhone users especially are kind of used to a certain level of um, of quality from their apps. So they might be Electron yeah. apps or Flutter, but like, what, what am I saying? The Flutter apps exist. Like, um, mm -hmm. apps w written with React Native exist already. And they are on, on your phone. Yes. And either they have the quality you want to or you don't, but they do usually have the performance you want. So like you could already mm -hmm. write JavaScript apps for your phone right now, even even if you have an iPhone. Um, yes, if you're so, so motivated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Not my cup of tea, but I totally get why people do it. Like, quick aside, yeah. Uh, Telemetry Deck. By the uh, time this episode launches, actually, we Telemetry Deck now supports both Flutter and React Native natively, okay, with their own yep. SDKs, which is pretty cool. And I get it nice. because if you are writing, if you are a smaller team and you're writing an app, and you don't have the bandwidth to write it for two platforms or even three, if you yeah. include the desktop. So I kind of get it from a product owner's perspective. At the same time, I hate it from yeah. a user's perspective. <laughs> same from a, an iOS dev craft, craftsmanship. Excuse me, finding some words difficult at the moment. Yeah. Uh, side note: I I have had a little bit of cosmetic dentistry recently, so my bite feels a bit weird. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Matt, that's why I may be mangling my words today. But yeah. uh, anyways, the the thing I was going to say was a lot of those. Uh, companies, apps, developers sort of delving into tools like React Native because they don't want to spend so much time building out the native experience. Like my reaction to that is make a web app, make a PWA and go from there, right? Test your waters that way first sort of feels like like where my head ends up. Um, but again, I, I understand why they don't because they want presence in the app store and want to be able yeah. to ship this thing and all of that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, um, it's interesting, like seeing how this may all add up, uh, the alternate browser engine side of stuff could be quite incredible. Actually, that, that, that could be, oh, I actually think uh, that is the least, the least, um, change, like in my opinion, I think the changes that will, the the alternative browser engine um, thing will bring is there will be a native Fire, a Firefox implementation, a native Chrome implementation, and a mm -hmm. native Microsoft Edge implement, implementation. But that's going to be it. Like these three apps will be different. But yes. every single other company will be like, yeah, but like our our like existing web applications and our existing web ish based applications that are written in React or whatever, they already work on the iPhone. Like, and we're mm -hmm. not going to, for just like the EU is not small, but it's not going to be more than 50% of their revenue or their user base. So, yes. So they're still going to have to like, have to, to deal with their existing app base anyway. And they're yep. using, they're using, um, how do I say this? Like they, they're using these cross-platform techniques to not manage two apps at the same time. So they're not going to want to manage two apps at the same time. No, that's true. That is true. And so I uh, think 
maybe there's there's a, a black swan coming coming out out of out from nowhere at some point and be like oh this enables a thing that no one has foreseen but yes yeah i don't i don't see things changing so much there because it's just like left to the eu and not to the whole yeah. world yeah the other thing i remember about that actually was um i came across something saying that if you do use an alternative browser engine that is the only way you can browse uh web content in your app so you can't mix and match wk view with um daniel's web view for oh, example makes sense yeah uh and i think there's still a whole bunch of um privacy and security uh like rules around yeah. those things as well so yeah i mean in theory you can't just build a an alternative browser engine and then use that to get all of the all of the data through yeah. that you might might not get otherwise like tracking how a user goes through flows yeah. and that sort of thing i'd be very interested to see how, how apple polices uh any alternative browser engines me, me too to like it fair. doesn't go into detail here but it feels like it feels like to me that apple will actually review those uh, alternative yep. browser engines and yeah you have the you have the like all the API securities that the iOS brings you, and then also this is in the EU the 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 the, the collection of states with one of the stronger privacy laws, mm -hmm. where you have to at least uh, ask in a in various ways for permission to do to do stuff. So that makes sense. That makes sense. So you still got these these checks and balances um, going on. Yeah. It doesn't sound awful. That's the thing that really gets me with all of this. Like my initial reaction was like, yeah, what do I need that for? And this is Apple being like, you know, dragging their feet against what's been asked of them. And it sounds like, you know, yeah, they could have made some of it a bit more open, a bit easier. You know I mean? I think my hope was more for sort of like a, a more Android like side loading situation where, you know, I can yeah. download my, my IPA from wherever. And then, just install it right that yeah to me, something like that would, like would in my in my view the but... perfect view would be like i set something like a developer mode and then i can just download mm -hmm. a notarized app but i mean that yes. would remove even more um even more control from apple and i yeah, think that, that's why they don't want to do it and also like if i give them the benefit of the doubt like maybe they maybe they're actually there's, there's some good in, them in that regard because way more people are using phones than are using computers and people are yes. just used to trusting our phones. Like that's why the, yeah. the, the scams that are there are so much like work, our work is so much more better than on your computers because like somehow people just trust what's on their phones. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they trust that nothing is like hurting them or collecting their data or whatever. And so like, I mean, that might actually get a bit worse with that. But not as worse as would be when if if you could just like install any app from the internet. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, it will be very very interesting to see how this one plays out. I can foresee a whole bunch of. I can't foresee, but I do expect unforeseen circumstances and consequences oh, yeah. of this to play out over the next next year or two. Uh, it's going to be very interesting with like. Um, yeah, less tech savvy people and how they interact with with this as it comes up. I can imagine a couple of, of 
personas, if you like, in terms of the the, the less tech orientated person mm-hmm. dealing with this. So I can imagine somebody who just sees it goes, "Oh, that's scary! I will not touch that at all." And then somebody who sees it and goes, oh, "Yolo! I'll install every single." alternative marketplace <laughs> check out all these apps and not really think about you know any of these things privacy data whatever um yeah and then i, I it's uh so it will be interesting like i say to sort of see how it plays out because this is not it's not only going to fragment things from a dev point of view from you know putting the apps in the app store it's going to fragment things a little from the user experience points of view yeah. as well yeah, for example, if Meta were to put all of their apps in their own app store and I had to install that first, um, that becomes a very easy way for me to say, eh, maybe I don't install any Meta apps, right? It's you like, say that, but then your dad mm-hmm. only writes you through WhatsApp and suddenly you can't talk to your dad anymore. Like, that's how they get you. <laughs> it is how they get you. It really is. And my, my obviously my... My response is not typical. I tend to sort of be like, well, then I don't speak to you via that medium, right? <laughs> and I sort yeah. of go, eh. But um, yeah, no, you're right. There's a lot of people who install stuff just, just to be where other people are. Um, and that's that's fair enough as well. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, hmm, yeah, no shocking reaction from me other than I am now perhaps feeling a little less negative about it. Like I can see there being <laughs> opportunities inside this somehow. Um, so that's your final thought? I think so. I think there's opportunity right, cool. here. Like with any change, there's opportunity. But uh, yeah, this this um, we're going to have to keep an eye on this, see how this actually yeah. plays out. I, I, I have, really I have also a keen for a revenue oh, cat store. So I was going to say I would be <laughs> really keen for a revenue cat store, for example. I, I, I love them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, we'll see. But right. Give me your final thought, Daniel. Yeah, final thought is... When the apps were opened, they had this thing where you could um, like have ad hoc distribution of apps, and that was just for inside a company. You could like put an IPA file on a web server and then distribute that app directly through you, and mm-hmm. that was just like limited to a limited number of um, of installations, just for internal use, basically, which was pretty cool. And then came along a little company called Test Flight. And they were like, hey, we can, we can build something on top of this that will actually change how we just develop and distribute applications. And that happened. And actually, TestFlight got bought by Apple and is now part of That's App right. Store Connect. And yes. I feel like there will be another TestFlight. Like something will come out of this that we hadn't seen before that we like maybe can't think of right now because um, we're not thinking in the right, in the right configuration, but something new will come out of this. And I'm, I, I'm actually pretty excited to see what actually that will be. Same. Very, very much. Right. So. Fantastic. Um, it's good cool. that we're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think then let's, let's end the show here while we're all in agreement. Yep. Um, David has been fantastic to talk to you uh, or to talk at you. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, been, it's been interesting, Daniel. There's a whole bunch of things in this. I wasn't really so aware um, of. So thank you for that. Tiny lectures with Daniel. Um, Yeah. Where can people find you on the internet and Mm -hmm. give you more information about the digital market act or the changes in the app store or their opinion on, on this? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can definitely find me on Mastodon and the Fediverse. 
uh, at dave at social.lightbeamapps.com. Uh, please don't add me too much about the DMA, but um, yeah, <laughs> quite happy to chat with anybody about it. Um, and if you feel very, very strongly about stuff, you can always contact us um, via email, which is um, contact at waitingforreview.com. Uh, and yeah, you can find out more about my apps and things over at justlikebmaps.com. But how about yourself, Daniel? Yeah, find me at daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com. Also check out Telemetry Deck, the perfect, most private uh, um, analytics and usage data um, platform there is at telemetrydeck.com. As they've said, contact at waiting for review for your emails at us because we'd love to hear from you and uh, hear your questions and your comments and how you think the app landscape will change under the DMA. Um, thanks for listening. Please rate us on iTunes, send us emails. And that's it from me. Dave, have a great day. Catch you later, Daniel. Bye.